Hello, welcome to another episode of the Compassionate Marketing Podcast. This week, I'm really excited about our guest because she is a midlife coach and does what she calls empowerment life coaching, which I am just so thrilled with that name. I love the word empowerment. It just brings me so much energy, makes me feel great inside and figuring out how to use that empowerment to better people. That is what compassionate marketing is all about. I describe compassionate marketing a lot as empowered empathy. So taking this empathic, I want to try on your emotions. I want to be with you in your pain and your joy and all of those emotions and disconnecting yourself. So you can really serve people from a neutral place that also comes from knowing and experience. Hi, my name is Justine Beauregard, and I've been a marketer and sales trainer since 2008. I'm also the founder of Compassionate Marketing, and I'm committed to delivering you fresh perspectives about branding, marketing, and selling that will change how you do business for the better. Each week, you'll be given tips, strategies, insights, and interviews that leave you feeling clear on your next steps and your simplest path to success as an entrepreneur. Let's dive right into this week's episode. You're listening to the Compassionate Marketing Podcast. Denise Drinkwalter, please introduce yourself to the audience. Let us know all about you. I'm so excited to get into this interview. Thank you so much for the introduction. I am so honored to be a part of this incredible podcast. So thank you for inviting me today. I really appreciate it. And we are aligned, right? Empowerment, emotions, (laughs) like totally aligned, Um, which is why we connected. Absolutely. So I can tell you a little bit of background. Um, I am a a retired uh, elementary school principal. I was in education for 31 years, loved it, absolutely loved it. It was a full passion of mine. Um, Retired in 2018 and kind of needed to figure out what was next because I don't really like having the grass grow under my feet. Um, So I was like, you know what? I have 30 plus years, I know it, ahead of me. So what am I going to do with all this incredible time? So hence, I decided I wanted to give back. So I decided I did a lot of volunteer work over my years in my career, um, a lot of volunteer work, which I was passionate about. Um, But I wanted to do something more than volunteering because I knew that I needed to support other people. I just didn't know how. I didn't know when. I didn't know what it was going to look like, sound like, feel like. I just had that burning in my heart, you know. So that's where my journey began. I started in 2018 um, after I retired. And I actually am also a full-time caregiver for our grandchildren five days a week. So mom and dad are both working and I look after the littles. Now our Our oldest grandson is now in JK, so he's no longer part of our everyday routine, but our two-year-old is. So that gives me all kinds of extra energy to be able to (laughs) keep up with him. So yeah, it's like reliving your life all over again. You retire and then you start fresh with young kids in the home and chaos and energy and all the things. (laughs) You know what the beautiful thing is though? It's a totally different different level of energy because I don't have all the extra to-dos that I had to do as a mom, right? It's a totally different energy and it's absolutely empowering. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, Every day is an exciting day. It just is great. And so 
I decided that that was one thing I was going to do because it lit me up, but I knew there was something more. So um, I began a journey of starting to open up a business, but I really didn't know what I was doing. I really had no clue. Yeah. But, okay. I do Instagram. I can do Instagram. <laughs> It's like, okay, what am I doing? I have no idea, right? So just played around, figured some things out um, and just started to explore what was best for me. And in my journey, I then realized I could help other women who were in their midlife years. And the thing that kept coming across all the time for me was women who were in a transition in their roles of being a mom. So their kids were getting older, they were moving out or close to moving out or had moved out long ago, and they still didn't know who they were as a woman. So yes. that's the work I've really started to dig into. And I love it so much. It's such, such great work. I love it. So many people I meet from around the globe and it's, it's something that's never talked about. You know, it's just not supported. It's not yeah. out there. It's so interesting because there's two things I'm hearing in what you're saying. And the first thing that I'm hearing is, is your true joy in the work that you do. Like you exude empowerment and joy, like all the things that you wish to transfer to your clients. I feel like it's almost like joy through osmosis. And I talk about that with my coaching too. Like when people ask, what would Justine think about this? Or how would she answer this? I'm like, it's working. It's working because now you're starting to think like I'm teaching you to think, right? And it's not how I would think. Their responses of what they believe that I would say or do is really just their reflection of their own thoughts and choices and beliefs, which is beautiful. And eventually they get to the point where they start to own those things. And the other thing that I'm hearing is that you know, one of the best ways to build a business is through serving who you once were and you've been through the transition. So instantly picking up and recognizing these are the patterns. This is what they're experiencing emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, all the things. And here's the kind of process that I went through here's how I navigated that and kind of shifting it to be able to adapt to people because you found your own path in doing that and encouraging people to do that. So how did you know, or what did you go through where you kind of processed from, I want to support people. I have no idea how to do that to tapping into that experience and recognizing, having it click almost in your brain of like, oh yeah, I've been through that. I can help these women. Like, how did you figure that out? So I'm, I'm, I love your question. Love your question because you'd said, how did your brain tap into that? This is way bigger than just your brain. And yeah. I think that's what happens is that because we're so accustomed and so used to the brain, that that's where we go to. That's our default. You know, yeah. when you learned how to read as a kid, what's the <laughs> first way you did that? Do you recall when you were reading, what was the first way you learned how to read? Oh, geez. I think it was just repeating. Repeat is number one. Yeah. Number two is sounding out. Mm -hmm. Right? Take the letters individually, do the letters by themselves, then sound them out. That's, that's the intuitive way. That's what we do when we learn how to read. 
when we learn how to live, we do it through our brain. We're taught yeah. educations through the brain, right? So what I do is I've tapped into a bigger piece of me because there's a whole lot more to me than just my brain. When I stick to my brain, I tend to flip back into ego, past mm. patterns, that, that, you know, all those things so where good. when I start to really tune into me and my heart and my soul and who I really am, which is what I help women do, then I move from my brain. Don't leave it. Move, though, from my brain into my heart center, my soul, and I start to discover me again, my identity. And that's the, that's the journey I take women on. Are you loving this content? If you are, I can guarantee you're gonna love the Compassionate Marketing Collective. In it, you'll get a library of marketing resources, live weekly calls, 24-7 access to feedback and guidance, peer-to-peer -peer accountability and support, and members-only events and trainings. You're gonna love it in there. Visit growthmindsetmarketers.com today for details or click the link in the show notes. I'll see you inside. Their journey from their brain what should I do? Right. Cause I get a lot of women who say, yeah. I just don't know what to do anymore. Can you help me figure out what my purpose in life is? Can you help me? Right. Yeah. And so we do it through conversation, through my questioning, through my former training, as I was a behavior resource teacher, I have really been able to tap in, tune in, turn on in terms of energy and understanding the words that are not messaged, but yeah. given through, you know, read between the lines kind of stuff. Yeah. So as I work with the women that I work with, my goal is to help them find their soul self. That's, that's the work I do. So we mm. move from the head and the thinking into their whole being and, oh, there's nothing like it. Nothing like it. I just, I, I love absolutely tapping in to the yeah. work with them. It's just so, so amazing. Yes. So there's a question that's coming up for me as you're speaking, which kind of goes to almost building your pre-audience, right? Like you've got this buyer cycle of people who are in the midlife, they're in the stuckness, they're in the transition, they're there. They're like ready for Denise. They need, they need your special sauce. They need your gifts. And then you've also got these other sides where there is the side where they've gone through the transition and they didn't do it well enough for themselves. Not like it's right or wrong, but something feels lacking or there's some space there that still needs exploration. There's that piece, but then there's also the proactive piece, the proactive like pre-management of how do I get ahead of this and how do I train people to start to think like this? so that they don't fall so deep into the pit of despair when they end up in this part of their life. So how do you manage that? In, great question, because everybody's journey is so different. And some people actually have to hit that depth of despair in order to unleash what's really possible for them. I mean, I've tried to create a plan of a, a action where I can support women before they hit, but I, I believe in my heart and soul that part of their journey, they have to experience components. It doesn't have to be extreme, but components so that they know what it is that they don't want. Mm. Right. Yeah. You got to know what you don't want to know what you do want. Right. <laughs> yes. Right. 
And so I think that's what happens is I was trying to originally trying to create, how do I help women? Right. So I was doing, well, here's my journey. And I was giving them my journey and I wasn't getting many people attaching to it because it was my journey. Right. And so I'm like, oh, well, like right now I'm, I run a mile a day. And I've done it for 336 days in a row. And my Woo-hoo! plan is to do it for 365. <laughs> like December 1st, I should be done, right? That I year, love it. Mile a day. But I get people who say, but I don't want to run a mile a day, right? I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no. You don't have to do what I do in order to access you, right? Yes. So it's, it's what's been going out there here. I'll show you how to do dot, 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 dot. But I love your work because you talk about the empowerment and the, and the emotion and the, and the compassion around all of it. So you take your people where they're at and journey with them with skills you have that you can pull in at any point in time to help them see what they need to see when they need to see it. Right. So good. Okay. So this is making me think for people who are listening to this, people who are new to entrepreneurship, Denise is brilliant at explaining and articulating the shift that happens between, and this is my belief, blueprints don't work, right? They don't work for everyone. And so therefore they're broken. They don't work period. And so my process is blueprinting some process, right? that is adaptable to the human being. So if you heard what Denise just said, here's how I heard it being explained. I run a mile a day. That's my specific blueprint to me. I know that there's one habit, one action, one activity, one self-care exercise, one thing that's going to help people get centered, stay motivated, whatever those goals are. So digging into the things that you do, not so specifically like what it actually is, but the intentionality behind it, the results achieved from it and extrapolating those things into a framework that people can kind of plug and play their things. So you've got to find, and this is how you process, this is how you design a process around your brand and your business. Like I have a very specific eight-step process with marketing that I take people through. Some people have mastered parts one, three, and seven. I'm not going to force them to go redo those things. We're going to check in. We're going to make sure those boxes are good. Everyone's on the same page. We're going to quickly move along to the next one. That is what an adaptable framework and like constructed blueprint looks and feels like. So thank you so much for that. That's awesome. I love that so much. What's one of the first things that you do with your clients? Um, We do an onboarding session. Yeah. What does that feel like? it's, it is, I was just telling my husband yesterday, um, after I was done, um, a session, my last session with a particular client. And I said, you know, I think my onboarding session is the biggest startup PowerPoint that I could ever have. It's 25 questions. And without fail, without fail, Justine, I have women say, whoa, I have never thought of a question like, I, I give me a minute. Like I open things up through my onboarding session where they have never actually tapped into before. Um, mm. 
I love my onboarding session. And I had no idea how powerful it was until I started using it and working with the women and, and their every, hands down, every client I've worked with has said, you've already opened things up for me yeah. within the onboarding session, right? Now, it's an hour and a half. It's a deep one. Um, but it also builds an opportunity for trust, a safe environment. Like they're going to know who I am as soon as our onboarding session is started. They're yeah. going to, they're going to know what, I, what we do. Um, cause I, I'm me, right. I have no reason to create anything other than the energy that I bring to the table. And that's how I enter every conversation. So, yeah. I love that. Building the trust, setting the expectations, being clear and upfront right away. Here's what you're going to expect. Here's what you're going to get out of this. Here's how it's going to move forward. I love all of those things. I'm curious, how did you come up with 25 questions? Because it is a variable of five. I feel like people fall into buckets. I love alliteration. So my husband always makes fun of me because I will say the four C's of compassionate marketing, or like I'll put things into alliteration. So I was curious, did you have like 26 questions and you pared one down or you just landed on 25 and that's what you came up with? It just happens to be 25 and it ends up being an hour and a half Yeah, and it just works. It just, it just flows. I just created what I felt was really necessary, the components I needed to hear from them, what they've done, where they've been, mm. what they're struggling with, what they love about themselves, where their successes are. How do you know you've been successful? How do you celebrate? Like there are all kinds of questions that they've never been asked most times yeah. before. Um, and so it just works. So it just happens to be 25 that I know. Now, when I go through an onboarding session, if I have somebody who explains things, obviously, it, you know, it covers two, three questions. I'm not going to say, oh, we've got to do 25 questions. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it just ebbs and flows kind of like our conversation today, really. Yeah. Yeah. I love that so much because I feel like when it is part of your process or when it is super aligned, that kind of stuff does happen. Like I will get on a call with someone. It's a discovery call we're talking, the conversation's flowing and they're like, well, how soon can I start? And I'm like, I have an opening tomorrow at two o'clock. They're like, that's literally my only open spot in the whole day. Like it just, the universe has its way mm -hmm. of just rewarding aligned things. Like you just, you come up with the 25 questions. It's always an hour and a half. It always flows. It creates the best result. Like you fall into these patterns. So how did you recognize from the first call that you had with one of your first clients, how did you recognize like, wow, this is powerful? Was it a feeling that was shared between the two of you? Was it a feeling internally before the call? Like when did that kind of recognition happen? To be quite honest with you, um, it's as we go through the questions. Yeah. They say right then and there, holy smokes. Like, that's what happens when I work with the people I work with. They just open up. It's, it's like, I don't, it's hard to explain. You, yeah. you know, you oh, get, I get it. it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a flow. It just opens. Everybody feels safe. They know that whatever they say is between us. We create the plan of action, right? Like all yes. of it. It's just, it's just, it, it's just a flow. It just happens. And it honestly, it never fails. It never fails. Um, I also do sessions where I don't do the onboarding because it's only a, a one-time thing. And I still, still tap in and they always say, 
thank you so much. There's so much that I have now been prompted to think about, like you've just opened up new possibilities of things I could never have done on my own. So it feels like there's almost a sense of confidence in that process that would translate into your marketing. So it's, this is the beauty of marketing when it's done really well, is that you start to understand like how deeply, you know, your people and what they need. And when you recognize like my process is built for this person, they are going to be served leaps and bounds beyond what they imagined possible. So when you show up, you show up with this energy of just like, it's already done. Like your transition, I've already seen where you can go. So no problem. So how do you notice that showing up in your marketing? Like, was there one, one kind of moment or maybe a period of time where you might've struggled with how to communicate your message? And then you landed on that and you were like, okay, now I know exactly what to say. Like, what was that point in the process for you? The point in the process was my own growth. Yeah. Right. So when I tried to look outside of me, that's when I could never grasp how to get it together, Mm. ever, ever, ever grasp how to get it together. Once I stepped into really knowing myself and what I do and why I do it um, at a deep level, not just the surface stuff, but the power that happens when you start to do your real, real truth work. Yes, that's when things started to shift. And now it's not even so much. um, It is about aligned, but it's about the action that I take and that I do that's really from my soul self, right? It's Mm. really those components that really generate my energy to go out and the energy to come back in. Yeah, I feel like my experience is very similar in that there's this time, even as a marketer, and I've been a marketer for a long time. So I think about back in the day when it was all about, I I worked in software marketing for a long time and it was a very male dominated industry. So I was pretty much the only woman on most of the teams that I was on. And it was a very um, competitive, aggressive, bro marketing type environment where people were just like, look at the competitor and then rip them off and do it better and like get it done faster. And it was always this like rushed kind of, it didn't feel good. It didn't sit well with me. And it was always something that kind of bothered me that I said, there's gotta be a way to just like own the parts of us that are amazing. Like what is that thing that makes Steve Jobs so unique? Like what is it about Bill Gates, like they're both in the industry of tech and they found a way to bring this femininity into marketing of we think differently was the big Apple slogan. And Mm -hmm. it was just this visionary way of, of thinking about what their business stood for and what they really believed. And I'm hearing that with you. And I hear that with me when I was trying to model after people who had mastered it. They, they dominated the industry, multiple seven, eight, nine figure entrepreneurs that are out there crushing it. And I'm like, great, but that's not my journey, right? This is my journey. And once I stepped into owning that part of myself, that was like, this is what I know. This is what I want. This is what I stand for. These are my values. This is what I can bring to the world 
once I really got in tune with that, and I think the one thing that really stuck out is the self-trust, that that's enough, that people want that, that it's in demand, that it creates desire, that really shifted. Do you feel the... Do you feel the same way? Are we on the same page? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, when you step into your zone of genius yeah, in a way, like you say, that is aligned and in total, total truth of your core beliefs and what you see you have and you can bring to the world, you will not fail. It will, it could bump, it could, but those are lessons. When it bumps, it's like, hold up, what did I do? What do I need to switch around, right? That's part of the growth. There is no, um, I call it, there is no finish line because if there is a finish line, then you stop growing, my personal opinion. So if you see, okay, I'm just going to get to this, then you're limiting yourself. You're already putting restrictions on. So so the hardest part, like you talk about self-trust, I talk about it as um, being um, able to just be you. When you can be yes. fully encompassing you and do the work that you have been put on this earth to do, then you cannot fail. I love that. You will that. learn lessons. You will learn lessons, but you will not fail, right? Also, don't you feel like failure is only possible if you give up? If you refuse to give up, but if you commit and resolve to adapting and growing within where you are, you'll never fail because you always have an opportunity to improve or shift gears or find another way in. Yeah. And when I say fail, it's not in the masculine energy fail, right? Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Explain yeah. that. Explain that to right? listeners. Yes. Cause this is so good. <laughs> so, so you were talking about the, the, um, your former work, right. And it was like yes. very, okay, you've got to hit your numbers. You got to, that's masculine energy, right? It's the very step-by-step process. It's the very, okay, the structure, right. Yes. Around. And you do need that if you're planning on building a business, don't get me wrong, but there's also the feminine energy side, the creativity, the let it flow, the stop the restriction, right. Stop trying to make it happen. Yes. People always hear about, you can't decide the how I could never figure that out. Could <laughs> never figure that out until just fairly recently. I'm like, there it is. It's right in my face, sweetie. Right. So just yeah. knowing that you have the capacity to be able to learn and you do need all the background. You do need all the marketing. You do need all the pieces. If you are going to be a full entrepreneur, but you don't need to stick in one energy or the other. If you can marry the two in a way that allows you to be in your zone of genius as you do your work, yes. you will not falter. You will exceed. You will expand. You will be able to create above and beyond what you could ever begin to imagine. I love, there's a word that you said earlier that's really sticking in my brain. I think it's going to be an interesting visualization for people that are listening is to think about it like you said bump and I thought bumper cars. Like there's these walls around you that are the limits by which you operate and they're very expansive. They contract and expand with you. And as you're driving your car, you hit the wall, but it's not like you've crashed your car because you're built for the bump. You're like in a safe vehicle that is meant to do that. And whenever I talk about failure in business, I like to call it failing up 
because you fail, you learn, you grow, you build on the failure. So it's like your, that's your stepping stone. That's how you get to the next level. And when you're in that failure mode or believing that you're in failure, and a lot of time we, we try on the emotion of shame. It's very shameful of like, I didn't complete that. I'm not enough. I couldn't do it. Very defeated attitudes. And I totally feel that. But learning that that is part of the process, like you are built as a bumper car for a reason. There are walls for a reason. You're meant to push the bounds and get up against the wall and recognize oh, this is the part of my process where I meant to learn a lesson, where I meant to grow in a very important way. Those are the things you, you look for those things in bumper cars. You look for the other cars to hit. You look for the walls. Like that's the beauty of it. Mm -hmm. For sure. Right. Cause if you don't have those and you don't know where you are either. Right. It yeah. also helps you define where you are in your journey. Right. Absolutely. Um, so it gives you feedback that you need in order to keep moving forward. Yeah. Mm, there's yeah. feedback and failure. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. So yeah. Yeah. I love that. So how do you exercise compassion with these people who are in such a hard period of their life where they really feel like they're judging themselves probably more than other people, but that mirrors back from other people, I'm sure. So they're hearing and experiencing a lot of judgment, a lot of shame, a lot of doubt, a lot of anxiety. What does that look like to offer them compassion in that time? I, um, I excel at listening. Mm. I excel at listening. I listen to what they're saying. And then, like I suggested, I read between the lines. I pick up their energy. I take the information I hear. And then we talk about what, is there a source where that could be happening? Or what has happened in the past for you to be able to see a light that you didn't see as we're talking, right? So even just the concept of being in the room, providing the safe environment, um, and just listening and giving feedback. Yeah. In that time, like timing is everything, right? Listening and to really hear the message that you're hearing and then asking them questions to help them explore further is really some of the major keys that I use around that. Um, I'm super, super good at not um, getting absorbed into the energy, but mm. to support with supportive energy, which is why I think I can do this work really well. Yeah. I love that. Now there's a lot of people who I work with clients of mine who are in very challenging positions, right? They work with very vulnerable clients, people who have special needs children, or their child has just committed suicide, like really, really hyper vulnerable circumstances, even weight loss coaches, like someone who's really struggling with their self-image and their body confidence and even changes after having kids or different stages of their life. So I'd be curious to hear how you get them to the point, like just from your marketing, not from the discovery call or the sales call or any of that portion of it, but in the marketing, how do you get them to open up and create that sense of vulnerability? I'd love to hear that, that from you. Well, if you actually check my website out the first page, <laughs> I let you know right off the hop, yeah. you're not alone. You're not alone. I just let them know that this, that what you're doing, where you are, you are not alone at all. You yes. are not different. You, 
you you aren't doing anything different than anybody else in terms of their feelings, their emotions, their their vulnerability, right? So and I'm that, hearing you're kind of normalizing their behavior. Like instead yeah. of them feeling oh. so vulnerable and like they're in this place that no one else is in, so they have shame about it or they're holding on to like this guilt or fear, you're like, no, this is this is normal. You're 42, you're exactly where you're meant to be. <laughs> Right. This is what happens at 42 or whatever age. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. Right. Yeah. Whatever you're going, I want you to know that you're not alone. You're, you're on a journey and this is part of it. Right. And then I talk about what my journey is a little bit. And I just explain that, um, it doesn't have to be this way and I'm here if you need, right. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and it's interesting. Usually women that um, connect with me have an idea that they want to do these three things or something. Right. But even through the, the first onboarding session, they're like, there's a whole bunch of other things that come yeah. out through our conversation. Right. And then where we start and where we end up is way more expansive than ever. Any of them could have imagined me included. Right. Yeah. Me included. What's your favorite story of transformation with one of your clients? Oh my gosh. Are you serious? What's my favorite? <laughs> ah, that's tough. Oh, wow. Just pick the first one that stands out. We won't, okay. we won't rate it as a favorite. I, I, <laughs> I struggle with favorites too. It's that's so funny. A lot of entrepreneurs that I meet, we struggle with favorites. And so with my kids, whenever I ask them a question, I'll always say, what's your favorite today? Or what's top of mind for you right now? It's like in the present moment. And I love that because their response always changes. Like one day their favorite color is orange and the next it's brown. And it, and I'm like, great. Why are you feeling into that color today? People are like, wow, that's an interesting way to parent. I'm like, right? I'm a coach. That's what I do. <laughs> right. Exactly. It's not like there's only one, right? Yeah. Um, I would say overall, what I absolutely love is hearing, and I hear it all the time, but I hear such things as um, I work with a therapist, but within the first whatever, you've broken things open for me in a way that I have not been able to access with the therapist over eight months. Just because I do things, I'm not a therapist. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a counselor. I have the same thing. People who've worked with counselors for over 30 years, right? Yeah. I just come at it things from a different way. And I just help them move from where they are today to where they would like to be, what they want to have changed in their lives. And we always start at the external, but the real work is the internal. And so that's the process that we go through. What do you think is the biggest difference between you and a therapist? I've been told that therapists can't guide the way that I do. They can't, at the end of the day, tell them specifically, what if you go, what, what do you want to, what do you want to do with this? Right? So the, the level of interaction, I think is different. Um, that's what mm. I've been told. Been yeah. different. Yeah. I love that. So one of my friends, her niece is special needs mm -hmm. and she started doing outsider art. I don't know if you've ever heard of this before, but I've just gotten introduced to it. And it's really interesting because the way she thinks about art is she's very outside the bounds of what an artist would be able to do because they have specific rules and 
you can't put this color with that color because it's not going to make a good combination or you can't be this close to the border or you can't create that type of pattern or whatever these different rules are. And the beauty of outsider art and why it's so amazing and so expressive is that you can do whatever you want. There are no rules. And that's what I feel is so interesting in what you're saying is therapists work in a very specific trained, this is what the bounds of our contractual agreement is as a therapist client. And that's how we're going to operate. And I can take you to the certain level, but that is the limit of my training. Like that is what I've been certified to do. And part of the reason why I think the coaching industry specifically is shifting quite significantly is because there's so many outsider coaches who have popped in and said, I know a better way. I don't need to follow this bounds because this one is working beautifully and it's helping people. And even if it doesn't necessarily follow what this person is certified in, I believe that this is what my people need. And they stand so firmly in that belief and they've witnessed so many powerful transformations from it that it just becomes recognized as accepted. And I'll close this story by saying, her outsider art, having been told she'll never have a career that a normal person would have because she has special needs, just in the past couple of weeks, she sold thousands, over $2,000 worth of her artwork. And it is how she expresses herself. And now she has an outlet that not only supports her income-wise, but also allows her to express herself. And that, I like get chills when I tell the story because that is the beauty of what you're creating as well, is expressing, coming up with your process and making it work for you financially and for your clients in some of the most powerful transformations they'll probably ever have in their life. Yeah, it's, and, and let me, let me also say, I'm certainly not, I, I love that clients continue their work with their therapists, continue their work with their counselors. It's not like I think I'm circumvent. I'm not. If yeah, they it's see totally me not as competing. Being, exactly. Exactly. It's totally different. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, um, I mean, what I hate to see is women in their midlife years feeling stuck, just not living life, not finding joy, not finding, um, a zest. And that's not okay because there's so much that we can do to support women to find that joy and zest in their lives again. And that's what I'm here for. Right. Yes. What do you think has been your favorite personal transformation as an entrepreneur since you started everything you've gone through where you are now? I know I'm giving you another favorite. You're like, oh, this is the worst. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say, I think just knowing that I am continuing to be in my transformation journey and I know there is not going to be a finish line. I've always, always had a passion, passion for learning. Mm. Um, always had a passion for learning. Like I got my master's in leadership education, like when I was 40, 42, right. I just couldn't stop learning. Yeah. Um, I didn't need it. I wanted it. So I think for me, the new kind of learning where it's no longer here, but it's body, soul, heart work yes. is probably the most powerful. And because of that, 
I am meeting the most incredible, like, look at you, incredible women. I'm so, so honored, right? I'm so honored. If I hadn't been through this, I wouldn't be here speaking with you today. And I just, I just can't say enough about a journey that needs to be taken for every living human being. Um, And because I tie into women in their midlife years, I, that's my goal is to expand as much as I can worldwide, just to have everybody have this opportunity to self-discover and growth. I love that so much. And you know what? One of the things that stuck out about what you just said there was that you're continuously in the transformation with them. And I think a lot of people feel a sense of almost like the opposite of readiness, whatever that feels like. It's almost like once I get to this point, then I'll fill in the blank. But you're like, I'm always going to be in transformation. I'm at a seven right now in my own transformation. I can help anybody at a six and below. And then when I get to an eight, I can help anybody at a seven and below. And even some people at an eight, because where I'm at in my journey, they're not matching that. Or someone who's at a nine might be lacking some of the things that I've had. And so it's really important to, that's where the self-trust comes back into play and that alignment and that trust and that just like joy in living in your zone of genius, knowing in the knowing of this is needed and what I have to bring to the table is unique and powerful and totally capable of helping people, even if I don't and probably won't ever have it all figured out. So I love that you're a model of what's possible for people. That's so great. Thank you. It's true. It's who I am, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you wanted to share on the podcast today? Something that you feel like people need to know? Um. I think for me, the biggest thing is that no matter how challenging things can get, there is always somebody out there who can help you see the challenge that you are experiencing has an opportunity for you to be able to grow from. And you will not see it on your own necessarily, but there will be somebody in your life path who you will be able to um, outreach, connect with, find another way to help you see the light in the darkness. I love that. Yeah. So recognize if you feel stuck, even in your own business, even in your own life, even in your own zone of genius, sometimes when you feel stuck, just know there is a solution. I try on the persona of what I call the problem eraser. It goes beyond the problem solver where nothing is a problem. Everything is an opportunity. When I come up against something, it is like that bumper that's just, huh, that was interesting. Did not work out as I expected it to. Let's figure out why that is. Let's figure out what I can use from this, what I can do differently now, what my evolution is because of experiencing this. Like there's so much in that. And Sometimes it's a self-coaching model and sometimes it's a model of reaching out and asking for help from someone who's been there before, someone who loves you and honors you and knows how to connect with you in that deeper level. Like there's always the opportunity to do that. So yeah, I love that so much. This has been so wonderful. 
Thank you so much for being on. How can people find your amazing website, by the way, and look at all the incredible, powerful messaging and your social channels? Like, tell us where we can find you. You can find me just by finding my name because I've decided that I am my business. My business is me. I'm not separate. So it's yeah. Denise Drinkwalter. Pretty Spelled simple. just like it sounds. Just like it sounds. <laughs> Drinkwalter with an L in the back. Yep. Drinkwalter. And that's what I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, and Facebook. And my website is .com, denisedrinkwalter.com. So. Perfect. And we'll link it up in the show notes and all of that. So thank you so much again, Denise, for coming on. It was a joy. It has been an absolute pleasure. I wish you all the best and thank you. That wraps up this week's episode. If you loved what you heard here, please take a moment and leave an honest review. And if you want to quickly identify and solve for what's blocking your success, go watch my free training, Uncap Your Income. In under 30 minutes, you will get the exact action items you need to hit your next big goal. Click the link in the show notes or visit growthmindsetmarketers.com to watch right now.